Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. Yeah, at the end of the day, well, number one, this is the place I wish I had growing up. That's, that's right, yeah. That's basically what it comes down to. But number yeah. two, number two, and I think it's another factor I've realized lately, is we're, we're, we're only caretakers. That's right. When it looks after people, when we look after people. We're not the be all and end all. I never, I never hope to be. Um, I, I am the solution. I am potentially the solution to the person that comes and walks in through the door. Now, the reason why I may think I'm the solution is based on what they're saying to me and based on what outcomes we're able to produce for a lot of other athletes as well or gen pop members. We do have gen pop members that do train here as well. We provide a solution that they find that is continually the solution to them in their current state. Eventually, we'll get to the point where they do move on. And at the end of the day, we are just caretakers to all the members here. So eventually, people will move on to you know to bigger and better things. And we actually do hope that for the future. There's some members that you know they're happy to stick around, and you know we've got some members have been with us for what five years or so. And then then their goals have just naturally evolved over time as well. So I at the end of the day, I created a place that. You know, I wanted growing up and I really enjoy, you know, what I do and seeing the results of a lot of the members have been getting and, you know, especially with athletics and um, surf life-saving to swimming at the moment, it's great to hear some of these results that are coming in through the door um, with a lot of our members. You know, one of them just crushed it. He got 11 medals at, a, at the state life-saving championships mm-hmm. um, quite recently. We've got states coming up. Um, from when we, the time that we were recording this, and then we got nationals that will be um, coming up for swimming as well. So it's, it's a big, big calendar coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, and then just seeing them succeed and tick their goals, and you know, make it, you know, and continue to develop in their health and fitness, and and for the parents to actually trust us as well. There's a lot of parents that really do trust us in the in the development of their kids that have been with us for. Um, you know, at least maybe two years now, or at least two years, I reckon, where they had um, they entrusted us during the lockdowns as well. You know, a lot of the parents really did trust trust us with the kids, make sure you know look after their nutrition, to help them with their sleep and study, and really try, trying to get through these times where it may be a little bit more difficult than normal. And you know, participating you know in online sessions that you know Matt and Nathan were running. Um, then we had Dave with the book of David, you know, some philo- philosophical life lessons. Yeah, we did a lot of a lot of personal development as well as yeah. physical. Yeah. We focus more on the personal development because mm. you know you got to focus on the person first because um, they're at the end of the day they govern what they do. Mm. So if we can actually help the kids move them into a position where they actually can become more successful, um, I think we've we've done our job. Whether it's with us or somewhere else, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And it says a lot about our business too when you've got the team, you know, like Dave, Matt and Nathan is, are still with us. Yeah. Since Yeah, Dave well, I mean whenever. Yeah, so Dave's been is our longest serving. He's been well, three mm. and a bit years now. So it was December twenty twenty. On this track. I don't know, it was December twenty nineteen, I think. I think two nineteen, yeah. Yeah, it's twenty nineteen. December yeah. twenty nineteen. So yeah. one of the Yeah, one of the first to jump on board, then we had Nathan. He jumped on in March 2020 yeah, when everything started to get locked down. And, yeah. and then we had Matt, uh, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan's moved on to online. He's moved on to, you know, big things, and but he still helps us with the online online content. Then we've got um, Matt coming Matt, through as a Matt, placement. You yeah, Matt came on as a as an intern mm. um, through, through Deacon. 
um, he did phenomenally well and it'd be stupid for for us to actually let him go and not offer him a position. Mm. Um, then more recently, but it's been close to a year now. It's been a year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zoe as well. So I feel like our team really encompasses what we want to do and deliver for a lot of these for a lot of the members that we look after. They buy into our vision. They you know they provide you know immense amount of feedback for us as well to continue to develop the business, whether it's on an operational side to um, everything behind the scenes on the floor um they've done yeah they've done a you know, phenomenal job in order to help us get to this position as well and you know especially being a fitness business and you know it wasn't easy especially in melbourne um, mm. during the last couple of years as well so we definitely you know it took quite a hit and i know a lot of fitness businesses have mentioned that so but we're very happy and proud that you know we're small um, but we can help help quite a quite a few people, whether it's online, face to uh, online in terms of because I do some online coaching and mentoring with some of our kids, to the face to face staff, or whether we're doing you know programs like football programs or something like that, assisting you know footy coaches. Um, you know, there's various ways we can actually assist the community um, in order to um, help drive positive outcomes um, in whatever they may be to yeah. those individuals absolutely yeah um, so at the end of the day as far as the parents are concerned we want parents to be involved to ask questions to stay in touch with us um because it's your kid and that's how i am and i would hope that every other parent would be like that too because it, you, at the end of the day it, who can who can you trust the most about your kid well it's the parent it's the parent that's leading and guiding so um yeah we're here yeah and i'm it's 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 hard to my when i see the kids succeed that's when i feel like i've succeeded Mm. as well as seeing their growth and development and you know here in Lockie, you know it's great to hear him you know win 11 medals and whatnot but the the success for me is is for him to have confidence in order to get those 11 medals yeah. It's for him to, and it, like I lacked confidence growing up, right? But I like to see when kids really develop that confidence in who they are. We have a, a young kid, Ewan, you know, far out. He's uh, he's tall. He's, I think he's taller than me now. He's 13, 14 years old, baseball, like a good baseball player, really good. He's got some attitude on him now. When he first started, he was just very quiet, almost like, almost like a, not yeah just kind of kept to himself but now he's just got some attitude to him as well and really seeing him grow as a person mm. um has been really cool his dad has noticed actually even get your kids strength training great their grades will improve um mm, with ewan yeah. with ewan his grades had fluctuated throughout the year i think in year seven now he's in year eight um or at the start of year seven um, then he got into year, and towards the end of the year, his grades actually stayed consistent and actually improved as well. So you actually will start to see changes in um, their behavior. If you get them tra- strength training consistently, their grades actually start to improve, especially you have you know better sleep, better nutrition. They just operate on a bit higher frequency. Um, and, and even their mood as well, their mood will actually start to pick up and improve as well. And we've seen changes of that Especially with some of our kids, you know, they might be on the NDIS scheme or something like that as well. Well, you didn't mention that. See, so again, not everyone's going to know that. Yeah, so yeah. we actually look after quite a few kids that um, uh, are on self-managed plans through NDIS, mm. whether that, um, 
on the spectrum suffer from anxiety or whatever it may be um and these kids you know the great thing about this environment right it's not it's not too big it's not too small where it's claustrophobic but it's not big where you feel overwhelmed um and they can operate with other people around them as well and then you can then they can actually develop on themselves so i like the fact that we're not so big of like you know like a globo gym or something like that or you know, some of these other companies are, you know, S&C facilities out there that are, you know, a bigger, large scale and they're a bit more streamlined in their processes and programs. It's still individualized, but they have to kind of streamline it. We still keep it very heavily individualized. Then the, the other part is, um, for those who don't know um, Simon Sinek, he talks about a concept called Dunbar's number. Dunbar's number refers to the amount of people within an organization or a company or a school, whatever it may be, where you don't, where you transition from feeling like an individual, like a person, to becoming a number, mm. right? And that number is, the, is between 100 and 150 people per area right so say for 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 us right example or even like a corporation like if you got a uh, like a um, a shopping um a supermarket right if they've got 500 staff right the managers aren't going to remember your name mm. it's like oh what's your name yeah what's your number whatever it is they're going to remember you as more as a number anything else and they're not going to know you as a person they're going to know you as staff member 422 if you're if there's 500 staff there because they brain their brain cannot comprehend the large mass of people but when you, if you if they broke it down into like quadrants like into like you know one manager might look after 100 staff and that's their sole responsibility is look over those 100 staff then there'll be way less issues in terms of behavioral aspects and the community aspect of the team will actually be be strengthened as a result so for us it's important that we keep the numbers low we like our thing is keeping it at 100 members we can still everyone still gets individualized programming everyone gets looked after there's no issues in terms of spacing there every, everyone just feels like a person because everywhere else around us is getting larger mm. and it's getting uh standardized Yes, robotic in a way. Isn't yeah, it? so schools, mm. supermarkets, mm. retailing outlets, they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger mm. where you no longer feel like an individual. Where, you know, if you go to a local cafe, right, they might only have like 20 people that are regulars, but they remember you. You feel like there's a community aspect, mm. you feel like you're, you know, the care factor. The care factor. It's like, mm. you know, you feel like you belong somewhere. Mm. People were looking for that. Correct, and mm. people are looking for a place to belong. When you go to like a big gym, mm. uh, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but if you go to a big gym, right, and then it might be have this wow factor of you know a hundred, you know, one point five million dollars worth of equipment, right? Mm. But if it doesn't have the care factor and the staff don't greet you by your first mm. name, or um, you, it's hard to, or there's no classes on there or something like that, it becomes harder. And, to belong there or gives you a, a easier reason to leave because it's like mm. no one gives a shit might as well mm. walk out 
no one's gonna care. I might as well leave my plates here. No one's gonna know. Yeah. And then, and then the, the standard starts to peter off that someone else is gonna pick up the slack, or someone else will clean up after me. Someone else will wipe my sweat down. It's like it's it's not it's very low standard way. So for us, keeping it smaller makes the most logical sense because it also helps represent the our brand as well of how how we actually look after members keep it small keep it tight um if members want to move on to other things that's great and then we can bring someone else in to help fill fill that spot and we can look after them mm. yeah um yeah so and the other thing too having to um what you didn't mention before too about like we'll have no more than eight booked in at any given time um we've also have two coaches on the floor now that's sort of unheard of you don't hear of that very often do you and it's all customized yeah we stick to a, a four to one ratio four members mm. to one coach um yes we, we've got interns coming on board and you know i feel like they're starting to get what's going on as well um and that ratio is really important because it's enough to feel like you're being looked after without um, without feeling overwhelming to the coaches as well. So the coaches can actually deliver a good standard of mm. coaching without the large presence and numbers. So they can give enough feedback. They can have a chat to talk to the young kids about how did you sleep, how did your grades, you know, what concert did you go to, you know, you know, mm. um, What's his name? Harry Styles. You know, he's been in Melbourne, and Ed Sheeran. He's come to Melbourne. So it's 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 these things that the kids are like, oh, you know something about me. It's like, oh, what can we talk about? They, they the people love that stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, we got like you know high high level managers that train here. We got business owners that train here as well. And sometimes they just want to talk shit. <laughs> yeah. So it gives them an opportunity to be able to do that in a class when there's more people. It's mm-hmm. going to be really difficult. So then you've got that side where their people can just be themselves in this space where it's not overwhelming. Um, and then, mm. and then the other part is if you go larger than that, because I've worked with school groups, I've worked with, you know, I've worked in the drug and alcohol setting, you know, working with a lot of people and, um, you know, elite programs where, you know, there's 20, 30 kids you've got to look after. The feedback and the um, level of care that you can provide or level of service and coaching you can provide does diminish the more and more people you bring on board in terms of trying to look after. So when you scale up, unfortunately, the quality will diminish unless you bring more people on board in order to maintain that quality. Mm. So for us, it's always important in order to maintain that quality of coaching, but I don't don't feel like I want to go larger. I just want to get better. Better. And that's what we're doing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it. So uh, all I can say to any parents, um, you know, obviously if you're involved with us, it's fantastic. You'll you'll get the level of care, support and guidance that you need um, in so many ways. Um, and if if you, for some reason, you, you can't or you're in somewhere, you live somewhere else and you're looking for something, you need to find, you get, just have to try and source out um, where they're going to take the care and attention because you can't just throw your kids into a gym and leave them to it. I also belong to a, um, a, another gym that's nearby just just because I've, I've always um, 
you know, I, I like to train in, in different spots myself, but I train here about four mornings at least a week. Yep. But, you know, I like a change of scene as well. And, you know, kid, kids are coming into that gym, they have no idea what they're doing, or sometimes they come in with parents and they've got no idea what they're doing and nobody's got any idea what they're doing. It's not good because down the track, um, these kids could kids can end up with injuries and all sorts of issues. So uh, they're not young, ad- you know, they're not young adults and... You know, people often train them and parents, um, uh, what's the word? Parents treat them like young adults, but they're not. Uh, so they need proper guidance and care and support. And uh, I thoroughly recommend you find some patience. They, they take oh, patience. All the patience. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Patience, yeah. And sometimes having that third person is so, outside of the family is so much better. The kids will open up a lot more as well and tell you the real truth. Yeah. I think yeah, we provide I guess that support, like that big brother support in that in that essence, or big sister, yeah. Zoe. Um, and they yeah, they do open up a lot. They do open up quite a bit more. Then we can find out a bit more issues because with parents, right? They also, you know, you know, two two income household these days. Too busy. Too busy. Mm, you see um, that all the time. For some, some, mm. some of the kids here, you know, they're in a really good position where you know one parent, you know, looks after the home and the other parent works. So they're in a, a situation where it's okay, where they can, you know, mum's usually around and they have, you know, it's really good. But sometimes kids feel they won't say it, but not I wouldn't say neglected, but they're not in a. Um, they, they just feel like it's hard to be heard because it's all just like I only have this small window of time but usually when we give someone time with someone else they start to open up and that's what we see first time the kids come in here they don't really open up they just talk general terms mm. by week three week four some kids we just don't, don't want to shut up just want to keep talking talking mm-hmm. which is great um and that's what we find is kids will begin to open up to us and then we can actually help assist you. They're tired, fatigued, they're under eating, not, not sleeping enough. Then we can provide these notes to the parents and be like, hey, keep an eye out for this because we've noticed or they've mentioned that the last three nights have only slept five hours. They feel like they're falling asleep or they're just getting in trouble in class. Mm. When we can make them, when we have these discussions with them, it's like the parents will like, okay, cool. You know, they've got our interest for our child. And that is the service that we provide, but we don't really mention it. I think that's probably the other thing, which we'll start to we, do later on. We have, we have got a lot of, um, we're actually quite, we're very knowledgeable in, in a lot of areas surrounding, you know, your health and fitness and, um, you know, some of these, um, I suppose, these stresses of life. And uh, we can actually point people in the right direction. So, if we just talk, say we're just talking about the kids and we certain issues pop up, we can actually refer off to if we can't help um, to other areas. And I think parents are so overwhelmed they don't know where to go. Even with the injury scenario, which we we speak about all the time, how many kids um, their um, progress has actually stopped because unfortunately they're not seeing the right sort of um, uh, practitioner to help them move forward. And they're not communicating properly with us either. And that poor could kid's mental state can drop down greatly as a result of it, as well as their, you know, physical fitness. Yeah. It, oh, it, look, problems can snowball from a lack of communication. Yeah. I think when thing it's it's like out of sight, out of mind mentality. With mm. it can be for some families. It it's 
It's not uncommon. But when, when we're aware of these behavioral changes or issues that are popping up for these kids, then we can actually provide the best support. And then the best support, it could be just something as simple as just having a quick sit down with them or just be able to provide alternatives. And a lot of the times we say when we injure ourselves or we're sick, we just go like, we put the, put the brakes, brakes on, on. Mm. Right? lock up the car, pack mm. up shop and go home for the day. That's not in this case. We we actually want to provide that next level of support for the child, whatever whatever it may be. They hurt their knee. Okay, we can do some upper body training. Because because at the end of the day, if you have more attention on the injury, it makes them feel more useless. I can't do this. I can't do that. And kids these days don't want to feel useless. They're trying to figure themselves out in this you know very complex and dynamic world that we're in at the moment. So what we want to do is be able to put them in the position where they can see beyond the injuries. Now I've got an example of that actually. So we got Jasmine, and it's, and it's such a big issue. That's why we're bringing it up. And the, uh, yeah. um, Jasmine, Jasmine's a good example because she busted her finger. She plays high, um, rep netball. That's right. Yeah. Right. A mm. fourteen-year-old, uh, really good netballer. Um, and she said, I was like, she had trials on and she's like, oh, I'm not so sure if I can, I'll be able to play because I've got to bust the finger. It's like, oh, how's it feeling? And it's like, uh, it doesn't feel good when I'm catching, right? It's like, all right, let's make a sm- let's make some, let's see how we go if we try something different. And he's like, oh, maybe, and basically making the suggestion we can work around this, not work through the pain. So what I said to her, it's like, all right, let's just build up intensity and see how much, you know, intensity you can deal with. And basically what had happened was um, it got to the point where I was like passing maybe 30% power and then she started to feel it through her finger. So what I did was it was like, let's change the way that you actually catch the ball. Then basically I said, rather than just catch it like stiff in your hands, try and guide it back, like trying to like take the heat out of the pass. As a result, I started passing harder and harder and harder, not 100% obviously, but hard enough that it would actually represent of what it would like, what it would feel like in a game. It's like, all right, I want you to do that. And you can do both sides, down low as well. Then I said to her, now you can redirect it because her right hand, it was a right hand, right, uh, one of the fingers on her right hand, it was busted. Then I said, now let's pass. So let's do your normal pass, chest pass. Chest passing was fine because it was both hands. But when she does a single arm pass, like more of like a, like a sidewinder overhead, she um, felt it was painful when she was releasing it. So I said to her, rather than do your normal style, try and go more from the side. Right? And she actually felt it had a lot more control going from the side because we were reducing the strain and load through the busted finger and we were putting more strain through the other fingers to help compensate for that. And then she's like, oh yeah, the pass it harder, 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 and it started building up. Then what we did is we combined the catch and pass in one smooth movement. And then she's like, how does this feel? Good. Sweet. Do that. And she feels confident now getting out there. Correct, yeah, because we also tested it. We also tested mm. her fear as well to the see fear. if her fear yeah. was actually rational or irrational fear. Mm. To some degree, it is rational because it's like, mm. if I don't do it right, I'm going to hurt my finger and I'm going to be out for mm. a while. But she only, she only had one real opportunity to showcase her skills and that mm. was leading up to the weekend. So we made those changes um, to her and, she, and then she walked away with her head held high and a bit more confidence in her in her abilities because we just made one or two slight minor changes in terms of what she couldn't do. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can play. It's like, at the end of the day, it's a finger in the grand scheme of things. But mm. for her, it was quite like, it's in her sweet. world, it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal. It's holding mm. her back. But 
how can we make those adjustments and really good at, and we'll really good athletes will be able to make adjustments on the fly be able to modify so there's always ways of adapting and again it (laughs) just going back to um lots of events we've 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 experienced unless you're sort of virtually you know paralyzed and you can't do anything you you can always do something but you've got to get the right advice unfortunately people don't know what the right advice looks like and um when it comes to the the fit, I mean, these guys are trained, exercise science, um, trained rehab is a specialty. Um, so, getting the right advice from the right people, otherwise you, you could end up going backwards. That's all I can say. And don't be frightened to get second opinions. Sometimes it's much better to get a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else we want to add? Not really. No, I think we covered everything. No, I, think, I think so, yeah. Luna, you got anything else? She's fast asleep. No, you still no, like she's awake. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first time she's been quiet for this long. <laughs> um, yeah, we could go down this, these topics you know, even deeper, um, mm. especially when it comes to like how parents can better support their kids. I know my mum was there to support me. Um, along the way, the highs and lows, and you know, I still remember the, the grand final that you came down to. Then, oh, you mentioned that on one of the, I think it's one of the podcasts. Yes, I remember that day. Yeah, you were yeah, shitty ass. I was mad. Dad yeah, was shitty I as was, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a, what, what a, yeah. Yeah, I, I never got a um, a reasonable reason of why they didn't start me that day, and I thought I'd played phenomenal the two games prior leading the finals and he always turned you know always turned up for training always did the right thing as well even when i busted my knee i think i was out for like a week where i couldn't actually put a lot of weight on it then mm. i think moving forward i was able to get back into training and assist to some degree then get back and get it stronger but unfortunately it didn't turn out didn't to be. Turn and that's one thing with injuries don't as a parent, don't take it for granted. You might think they're being a hypochondriac or something. I used to get everything checked out when it came to the injuries and the aches and pains because most of the time, well, each time it was a, a it was a relative um, issue for them. So um, don't uh, I was going to say, don't you become the the uh, the doctor of all things because you don't know. And um, I used to, we used to go to physio and osteo and all that sort of thing. Um, and do the rehab properly um, because these things can linger on and you know we do you know how many people do you know like uh, I don't know in their 40s and 50s who can't do do certain things or the 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 arthritis set in because of they hadn't addressed the problem they had when they were playing sport when they were younger yeah just get strong that's the message that's it um yeah let's wrap it up for here today thanks for coming down mum for the podcast you're welcome um if you enjoyed this one please like share um even subscribe as well if you've just been following us um or following our content and aren't actually a follower it really helps us um promote the i guess what we're trying to do and, and actually make you know positive changes in the community it's not clickbaity stuff or anything like that you know we generally care um we see the issues that are happening on the grassroots level we deal with it on the grassroots level and now we're just trying to bring it to a higher awareness around us and then just be able to better communicate that that's probably the number one thing we want to improve on and yeah then be able to support those who we can support and want our support or want to be supported by us i should say um until next time i'll see you around you have just listened to the inner athlete podcast Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes.
Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.